When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What up, everybody? What's up, Shirah? What's up, Joe Sway? I'm Jimmy Toscano. The boys are back uh, talking about us, but also talking about the Boston Celtics, who steamrolled the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, 140 to 99. Apparently, the traffic was a lot lighter up in Milwaukee than it was in D.C. <laughs> no. off to a hot start. And we have Sherrod Blakely live in Milwaukee tonight. Sherrod, tell us, what the hell happened from Tuesday to Thursday? Dude, I, I don't know what they put in, like, their, their sports drinks or water, but, yo, they need to, like, bottle that and carry it to <laughs> every game. They were a different kind of team. Uh, they, their, their focus was much greater. The effort was significantly greater. Uh, they did not look like those soft, flimsy-ass cupcakes that we saw at D.C. They got that ass whipped by a bad Wizards team. They didn't have Bradley Beal or Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a little salty that about was, that. Yeah. Still a little salty. Same. But I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm focusing on the present. I'm going to focus <laughs> on the moment. And the moment is, is this game against Milwaukee where, again, they played an exceptionally – just one of their better games this season. And you, you can't ignore the fact that Milwaukee was coming off a of back-to-back. You can't ignore that. But nope. just like I wasn't about making those excuses when the Celtics had a little traffic jam, which I guess that meant they had to give everyone an easy pass in D.C. to get to the lane. Uh, I'm not going to give Milwaukee an excuse oh, that they played in a back-to-back. So you did this, right? <laughs> bottom, bottom line is you're paid to play. And, and, and Milwaukee is sure. Milwaukee's a better team than we saw tonight, obviously. And if these two meet in the playoffs in the, in the conference finals, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath. It'll be a better game. But on this particular night, you know, the Celtics, I thought, played about as well as I've seen them play in a long time. And Milwaukee, conversely, I thought this was one of, if not their worst game of the season. And when those two worlds collide, this is what you get. You get a 41-point ass whipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So way. Yeah, you know, Sharon, you bring up a good point because let's be honest, if the, if the Celtics, if, if they win in Washington and then do this, this win would feel 10 times more dominant, right? You would be sending a clear-cut message. I mean, the Celtics still sent the message, especially with the, the way they defended Giannis. I think that's the part that we have to uh, – I mean, I mean, that's one of the one of the biggest takeaways, right? One of many. Uh, Robert Williams having a big, you know, big chunk of that I think is, is – is is, significant as well which you also see what jason tatum and jalen brown do i mean look this is what we expect the Celtics to do in terms of them responding after a performance like that that's just what history has told them before but to do it on the national stage against the milwaukee bucks i mean because they wanted this win too right? mm-hmm. i mean the Celtics clearly wanted it more because you can see by the way they were you know their approach and their effort like sharon mentioned but also you see their execution off on offense i mean you know just really like thin margin of error th- you know the, that thin margin of error I mean, the Celtics just made it look easy tonight, man. Like six, seven straight possessions, just executing and then pushing the Bucks to do things that they didn't really have to, right? All of a sudden, the Bucks are rushing into their offense in that first half. They can never get a grip on the game. And then the second half was more of the same. I mean, yeah, Tatum and, and Brown, incredible. 70 points. Uh, at one point, they outscored the entire Bucks team. I mean, that's how dominant they can be. Obviously, we know that. 
But um, to do it against this Bucks team, even on the second night of a back-to-back, it's good. It's great. But if if they uh, if this was a, another win right after coming out of that game against the Wizards, again, it would it would have been um, it, it's an unfortunate uh, opportunity that they missed that. Yeah, so if a lot of the commenters are already getting on the fact that John Zanis is not on tonight's show. He is uh, load, uh, load management. End of the season. Saying, yeah, oh, load of management. course John's not on the show tonight after a big Celtics win, but I can confirm that he did have this one uh, marked off uh, prior to the outcome of tonight's game. So no Zanis tonight. Bobby is... Uh, it was a game time decision. Let's, game let's time put decision. it this way. It was, it's Bobby's birthday today. Uh, he... he He's he's around. He's around. He might be watching right now, but I'm not sure if he's going to make it on. We'll see. Enjoy your night, Bobby. Yeah, do exactly your thing. Do your thing, Bobby. It's b- birthday, Bobby. Just don't come on in your birthday suit, whatever you do. But um, Yeah, it's the, first, it's the first half of a back-to-back, you know, so enjoy yourself. Guys, and, and, you know, 140 from the Celtics, just way you mentioned it. I mean, was it 70 combined from Tatum and Brown? Um, the Bucks looked like the Celtics from Tuesday. It was almost like a little role reversal here. They were the ones coming out bricking. I mean, the first – what, the, maybe the first quarter, first half of the first quarter, things were close. The Celtics just put the clamps on them and ran them off the court. Um, was it like a 30, 30-something to 9 run at one point? Um, but it just felt like the Bucks. it did look like the Bucks were on the second night of a back-to-back, and it looked like the Celtics were out to prove um, that Tuesday was a fluke. And well, you can just see the difference in, in just effort and intensity from them from the start. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this game that that you I'm 100% sure is going to happen is Milwaukee's going to go back and they're going to make significant adjustments when these two meet again. And I'm going to tell you what the, the the one adjustment that they're going to make and, and and you know, I hate to bring it up, but they're probably not going to play Jay Crowder as much as they did tonight. The Celtics, <laughs> Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek White, Marcus Smart, they, they went at Jay bad and it, and it yeah. wasn't like we're going at him because that's they went at Ingles too. and we want to show him out they went at him mm-hmm. because he's lost a couple of steps uh jay may still be able to knock down that three ball he we, we didn't really see that tonight but defensively he has clearly lost a step or two and the Celtics make him run the celtics right yeah. and, and, and grayson allen i think grace is a solid player but he can't defend jalen or jason and so when those two guys were able to pretty much get wherever they wanted to and there was no defensive help Giannis was taken away from the basket they did, I thought the Celtics, one of the things they did a really good job of was they made Lopez a non-defensive factor. Because to me, he is the best defensive player in the league this year. And there were multiple possessions where you could see the Celtics were able to keep him away from the basket because they were making so many shots from the perimeter that he couldn't just – yeah. just, just couldn't, he couldn't camp in the paint. <clears throat> I think he wanted to. And that opened things up for Jalen. Uh, the Celtics did a great job of, of moving the ball offensively, figuring out where the mismatch was and attacking. It didn't hesitate. Tate didn't deliberate over should I pass should I go just go to the cup and Tatum I, you know this was one of his certainly one of his better games shooting the ball from three point thanks Ryan uh, so this was uh, again when you start looking at all the boxes that the Celtics checked off in this game uh, the Milwaukee even if they were at the top of their game or close mm-hmm. to it I'm not sure they would have been able to win this one uh, this felt like if, if both teams played their best uh, Boston the way they played probably would have won by 10 uh, especially opposed to forty, it was that kind of game. Um, so, so, so I'll ask this. I'll ask the question. It seems like it's a simple answer. Which which Celtics team are they, Sherrod? Which one? Which one are they closer to? Are they closer to Tuesday or are they closer to tonight? 
Well, I, mean, I think they're closer to tonight because of their damn record. They're going to be like the second right. or third seed. So th- that to me, right. if they were if they were closer to that team we saw Tuesday night, they're probably looking at the fifth <laughs> or sixth seed. And, playoffs and, right and John Zanis would probably be here, just you know, just <laughs> screaming his ass off. Uh, I think the point I'm trying to make is that. It's almost like Jekyll and Hyde with these guys. You it just totally really, is, you really don't totally know. Is. Yeah, you really just don't know what you're going to get on any given night. But I will say that they do tend to show up for the big ones, right? They and have like, played better against the better teams. I will agree. That's that. the thing. Yeah, and, I was going to say that. Yeah, that's a problem though. Uh, until you get to the playoffs. Uh, because they still they've got some teams ahead of them that I mean, Toronto got a couple games with Toronto. That's a team that they could potentially see in the first round. Uh, last thing you want to do is give that team confidence going into a playoff series if they handle handle you twice. Uh, so I think the Celtics the, the biggest thing they need to do is figure out that happy medium between being certainly better than what we saw at Washington, but you don't have to you don't have to necessarily be lights out the way you were tonight in order mm-hmm. to be successful. They got to figure out how to be good. Uh, at least, be, I should say, not be good, be better than they need to be in order to win the games they're supposed right, to. I'm out of here, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no question. You know, I, I just think regardless of who they're playing against, they need to have that momentum going into the postseason. I mean, this has to be the way they play, regardless of it's, if it's against a, you know, a playoff team, you know, or, or a team like we saw against the Wizards. I mean, they have to approach every game in the same way, especially at this point of the season, when you want to get that momentum going into the into the playoffs. So, Hopefully, like Joe Mazzulla said, it was just an off night that happened in the nation's capital. I mean, the timing of it isn't great, especially when we were talking about the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Maybe that's still in play. But either way, I mean, I just think at this point, momentum is way more important than anything right now for the Celtics team, especially if you're talking about one of these, you know, Raptors or uh, underdog uh, teams are going to come out of the playing tournament. With, with, with that type of energy, right? And the Celtics have to obviously match that. And they don't always do that against those uh, teams that are flirting around for the 500 record or below 500 for that matter. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Who's, who stood out to you tonight from Boston? I mean, aside from the Jays, because I have one guy in mind. Lots of guys stood out. I mean, I, I would say if I had to pick someone not named Jalen Brown and not named mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, I'm probably going to go low-key I thought was really good uh was Malcolm Brogdon okay um I I thought Malcolm scoring wise was effective I thought defensively this was one of his better games defensively and 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 to me that is what made this game overall such a special one for the Celtics yeah they they scored and shot the ball really well but think about this they beat the snot out of the team with the best record in the league and held them to under 100 points and for the most part their better defenders spent a large chunk of the game on a bench Mm-hmm. So when you're still able to just be in the right place and, and do a lot of the right things, Robert Williams, I thought, had a really good game, too. He made some plays that looked very reminiscent of pre-low yeah. management Rob. I mean, he had one play where uh, I can't remember who got beat off the dribble, and Rob came from one side of the court to the other to, to block the ball out of bounds. And, and those are the kind of things that when you think back to how well he played last year, when we were legitimately talking about him as the best defensive player in the NBA right. – those were the kind of plays that he was making, and he was making them look easy. I, they didn't look as easy tonight as they've done as as he has, you know, last season. 
But the fact that he's back to making those kind of plays and doing it with a little bit of a rhythm uh, to, what he, to, to him defensively. Though, again, these are the, when Joe Mizzou talks about like developing good habits going forward, those are the kind of things that you've got to do consistently. And regardless of the outcome of the game, if you're developing those good habits, being where you need to be defensively, being, a help side, being an elite help side defender, knocking down open shots, not turning the ball over, uh, those are the kind of things that are going to get this team to a championship if that's what there's if that's where they want to be at the end of the day. Um, Joe Sway, you got anyone different? I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was going to say Rob Williams. That was, I thought you were going to say Rob Sherrod. Yeah, that was my you kinda, Yeah, you yeah. kind of did. I, I, I do want to talk about Rob for a minute. I just feel like he's been a guy that I've been highly critical of um, this season for, I think, fair reasons. You know, abil- you know, availability being number one, but more so consistency. And... I mean, if this we talked about this, I think a couple games ago, and he had a fine night, and it was like, if Rob can give you this, are the Celtics okay? And the answer was yes. If he can give you twenty minutes of effective basketball and just be some close to full version of Rob, I don't think we're expecting him to jump out the gym. Then you're going to be in good shape. And tonight, I thought he was all over the place. He was keeping possessions alive, giving the Celtics second chance opportunities. You mentioned the block. Uh, we saw, I saw another big block. I think it was in the, was it either late third or early fourth? I forget when he was still in the game and he just, he did actually get all the way up there and got that ball at the, at the very tip of, um, the arc. Um, if he's getting bouncy again, right in time for the playoffs, then I might have to go apology cam because I was highly critical of, you know, just the amount of time he was playing, how often, and almost like they were almost, I don't want to say like covering up for the fact that he just couldn't. You know, whether it was wind or whether it was just pain tolerance or whatever it was, it just felt like they weren't getting anything out of him this season. It almost felt like a lost lost season. I mean, I still feel like he's not nearly as much involved in the offense as he needs to be, but his involvement is in what the heck's going on. Something's going on over there. It might have been Sherrod. Um, his involvement is the fact that he is able to keep possessions alive and, and, and allow the ball to get out to guys at the three-point line after a missed shot. So he's still involved offensively. He's just not a guy that they're looking for. He's not an option right now. So I don't know if that's going to change this year, but he's at least making himself a part of the offense more so than I think he was uh, to start in the beginning of this season for him when he started playing. Not gonna lie, Jimmy. I was real nervous when I when I'm look up at the score and the Celtics are up by 41 and Rob's still on the floor. I know. I was thinking I like, oh, he's gonna get this, burned uh, though. This is this this better not end badly. And then he got <laughs> fouled, which was you know that was just that momentary like, okay, it's, it's just a normal foul. Makes his free throws and Luke came in like a, like a maybe I don't know, 30 40 seconds later, but mm-hmm. uh, that. But, my visceral reaction, I think, was was very reminiscent of what a lot of Celtics fans were feeling at that point. They're thinking, like, this game is over. Get his ass out of there. He's he's done enough. And you're right, right Jimmy. I mean, if, if they can get 20 minutes, because I don't think you need Rob to play 30 minutes to have a great postseason run. I think if you can get 20 minutes, and here's the thing about his play on the court. Thanks, I don't think you need him to be on there for 20 minutes making a significant impact. I think he needs to be on the court for 20 minutes and have the opponent feel him. And know his presence there. He doesn't have to block every shot. But if, if they're thinking about attacking the rim and they know he's out there, they'll swing it out and try to get something on the perimeter and won't attack. He needs to be someone who has a presence. And it's not always going to be showing up in a stat sheet. That to me is, is to me, it's not so much what teams try to do when he's out there. It's what they're trying not to do and what they're going away from. That's his great value when he's out there for 20 minutes. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No. No questions, Ryan. I think that's why this this type of performance 
you know, that's something that that's going to be on their mind when, when these two teams meet in the playoffs. You know, I, I think his impact is, is significant when you think about uh, someone that can chase down blocks, obviously, like he like he did you know, to be uh, someone that can prevent Giannis from getting to the hoop. I mean, that's a big part of this as well. But then also when you see how the Celtics are playing defensively as a team when he's out there, I, I think there's something to, to be said about that. You know, him coming off the bench, I think it's it's great. Uh, 20 to 25 minutes during the playoff. That's ideal. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, we we see good Rob from the most part of, of those, you know, outings. But specifically against a, t- a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, he's so important, and I think he uh, he reminded everyone of that, you know, tonight. Absolutely, and again, I think it, it's it's no it's no like secret that you know if they can get a, a pretty close to healthy Rob, I mean that's that's kind of the X factor for these guys because they didn't really have him much this year. You know, I think a lot of people kind of overlook that when the Celtics do go through some of those lulls defensively. Um, he's a huge, huge piece of that defense. Regardless of what he does on offense, he's not out there for offensive reasons. He's out there for defensive reasons. Um, I want to ask you guys, too, about another possible development here. Um, I don't know if this was just a bad game for Giannis or if the Celtics were defending him in a certain way, but, I mean, he only took... I mean, it doesn't look like a bad game, right, when you look at the numbers, but for him, you know, 0 for 5, 0 for five from 3 is the thing that stands out to me because... I think you got to do everything you can to get him out of the paint, to force him into shooting. He airballed a three tonight, a wide open one. It's the one part of his game that he hasn't really been able to develop um, to the point that I think an MVP should is his outside shooting. And if you can just stop him from getting that momentum that, I mean, it's obviously much easier said than done, and they, they find ways to make sure that he does. But if you can prevent him from getting that full steam ahead to the rim, because at that point you're a sitting duck, and force him into some shots, even if they aren't super contested shots, I mean that's that's how you're going to beat the Bucks. I feel like. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was as aggressive as he normally is tonight. To be to be honest with you, no. Uh, and but I think part of that stemmed from the fact that when he was trying to be aggressive, he had bodies coming at him from all different angles. I mean, there was basically a wall in front of him, and if he found a crack uh, in that wall, they would tighten that spot up. And then if he tried to spin away, there was help coming from the blind side. So he never really got into the kind of flow that he is accustomed to. And part of that had to do with the fact that he had no help. I mean, we haven't talked. I mean, Drew Holiday dropped a 51 piece last night, had six tonight, had six tonight. I don't, I don't, again, I don't have this, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm not sure there's ever been a player who ever had a 50 plus night and had a huge discrepancy in the next game as we saw in Drew Holiday. And, and I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. I think he's, I think he's the best two way player in the NBA. He's that good um, overall, but he was not tonight. Uh, he, he, this was this was definitely a non-typical, an atypical Drew Holiday kind of game, and the Celtics I thought had a lot to do with that. Because, and I, I spoke with someone about this earlier. Uh, his play, I thought, more than Giannis was going to dictate how this game went. Uh, if he's able to get to his spots, make an impact offensively, and and just you know take either Tatum or Brown away or limit them, uh, which he has the ability to do because he's that good. This was going to be a tough night for Boston to win, but obviously none of that happened. Drew couldn't make shots. Uh, Tatum and Ben Jalen couldn't miss shots. And next thing you know, you're getting you're seeing the Milwaukee Bucks get that ass whipped by 41 points. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it that simple? <laughs> Gerard said Drew's on the 
on the wrong side of history tonight. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I don't. I, I don't Fifty-one up, to six. I mean, that's you know. I mean, that's going from the penthouse to the shack. I mean, for sure. <laughs> I mean, did did they just go too hard last night? Is that what is that what it comes down to? The shack out out back, right? Like not even attached. You're not going to get the Bucks on a second night of the back to back in the playoffs. There's not going to be any back to back. I watched them against Indiana. Indiana, listen, Indiana is not the most talented team in the NBA, but they play hard. I mean, that's a Rick Carlisle coach team. They're going to play hard. But I didn't think that Milwaukee, to be honest, was pushed that hard. I thought Milwaukee, they kind of took over, you know, in the second half. I would say latter parts of the third quarter, early fourth. And just really, uh, they never were really, I thought their control of the game was never really threatened. Uh, But, damn, I mean, (laughs) that's from 51 to six points. That is, my gosh. but again, if you're the Celtics, you just got to take it, be happy with the W, and keep it moving. On to Absolutely. Utah. Yeah, Utah. Back to home for Utah. So is all, all well now in Celtics land? Is it, is it that simple? I mean, you just forget about Tuesday. and Because, I mean. I'm not. No, you're, you're, still, not. you're still a little. People don't forget, Jimmy, especially if uh, they stay in that second seed, which is still right. still a strong possibility. And, right? and just wait, that's, that's the thing that, for me, is going to be a kind of a, just a, a – a, it's going to bug me at the end of the season. If they finish like one game out of a, out yeah. of a first place tie, mm-hmm. uh, which now they have the tiebreaker with Milwaukee, you're going to look at those Orlando games. You're going to look at the the, the, the the game here in Milwaukee where they were playing basically their B team and they had the game pretty much won. Uh, you're going to yeah. think about the Washington game. There's at least eight, nine games that you're going to say, if they would have just won one of these games that they really played well enough to win, but for whatever reason, just absolutely crapped it away when it mattered most, they can have the number one seed at home court throughout the playoffs. Um, so I don't know how comfortable, if I'm the Celtics, I'm feeling about having to play game seven in this building. Well, they, 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 didn't, they didn't look uncomfortable tonight, but, yeah, to your point, it's not going to be the second night of a back-to-back, and there's going to be a lot more on the line. The Bucks aren't just going to come in there sleepwalking. Um, Sherrod, I, I would venture to guess that a lot of those games the Celtics dropped that they shouldn't have dropped, I would, I, would, I would imagine that the guy on our screen right now, Jason Tatum, probably had a slow start. I mean, a lot of these games it feels like he comes out after the game and says, you know, I have to do a better job of, you know, getting my guys going early on. We came out flat tonight, and it feels like they – not, not taking anything away from Jalen Brown because he's a guy that always seems to come out firing to start the games, and that happened again tonight. I think he got to, what, 17 in the first quarter? Jalen Brown. 17 in the first 25 points he scored, yep. Jalen Brown is known for coming out hot, right? But Jason Tatum, it's kind of the opposite. Sometimes it seems to like he's a little slower to get into these games. But 40 points tonight from him, 12 of 18 from the field, extremely efficient. Look at that three-pointer line, 8 of 10 from three. I mean, that's I'm going to say that's his best game as a pro from the three-point line, I'm just going to go out there and say that. Um, eight rebounds and assists, no big deal. Um, how important is it? We talked about consistency with, with Rob Williams earlier, but how is imp- how important is it for Tatum to have a little bit more consistency in the way he sort of shows up to some of these games? It's huge. I mean, it, because the, his, not to cut you off, but the playoffs are coming up here, and if there is one knock on on Tatum so far in his career, it's that he's been a little iffy in the playoffs. Well, I, I think the key the, tonight it was a blueprint of you're going to be like that. This is how you do it. Uh, Tatum, J- Jalen scored 17 of the first 25 points, and Jalen was able to kind of give them a little bit of a lead. Tatum basically took the baton from there and got his game going in the second quarter, and then that little bit of a lead became a major cushion. And they just continue to it just snowball from that point. And for him, that's 
kind of the way this stuff has to go. Jalen is going to keep you kind of even, Steven, for the most part, maybe give you a little bit of lead with most teams with his ability to score and impact the game at the start. The second quarter is when Tatum has to take over. You have He has to go into Tatum takeover mode and put the Celtics in position to take control of the game. And then third quarter is just kind of, you know, it's dealer's choice. Jalen, Jason, one of you needs to kind of just take the, you know, take the bull by the horn and just really take control of the game. And I thought this was one of the better games they did of playing off one another. I, other than the, in the first half, basically it was Jalen off the bat, then Tatum. Second half, it was a, a clear mix of the two uh, to the point where, you know, they're up by 35-40, and at that point, it just doesn't matter. Just get your ass on the bench. You're done for the night. You got the win. Uh, so they're going to have to continue to figure that out. But to your point, Jimmy, I mean, Tatum has to develop a consistent rhythm. And, uh, you know, with the three ball, when it's going the way it was tonight, you absolutely keep shooting. But uh, he still has to remember that on the nights when it doesn't, go – on the block, play a little bit of bully ball, get the matchup against a team like Milwaukee that works for you. Like, for example, if let's say you're swinging the ball around, uh, you're not trying to post up Giannis. That's a bad idea. Uh, you shouldn't try to post up Drew Holiday, who even though you've got the size of Andrew, is a strong guy. You go for Grayson Allen. You go for Jay Carter. You go right. for guys that you know that they, they can't a couple guys, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I mean, it's guys that they can beat off the dribble. I mean, the whole Jay Crowder, it was obvious, like, they were targeting him because they knew that they had that quicker step. I mean, Jay obviously hasn't played a full NBA season, and it showed, and the Celtics just continue to do that. And that's part of their their maturation this season, right? I mean, finding the mismatches, knowing when where to attack in transition. And the Bucks were, you know, playing the heel. They were trying to keep up on defense and the Celtics just took advantage of that. Now the three point shot, obviously establishing that early would help this team in a big way. I obviously that was a big part of this win, but it wasn't the whole story, which I like that about the Celtics win because this offense can find other ways to, to score, can attack, can, can, you know, obviously they have guys that can beat you off the dribble. They have, you know, guys in the backcourt that can do the same. I mean, it's not just Tatum and Brown. And, and I think you, we saw a, a good healthy balance of that against this Bucks team when the Bucks, especially in that second half or second quarter rather right before halftime and they're scrambling as if it's the fourth quarter because they they were so afraid to be down by a bunch that they rushed their offense and the Celtics took a full advantage of that and made them pay on the other end and, and building up that 40 point you know lead the Bucks didn't have it in them to even come close to, to, to you know cutting that lead in half or seem like at least in that fourth quarter until so I, I just think the Celtics I mean this is the 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 blueprint, obviously, it seems yeah. like, and especially against a team like the Bucks, but you're not going to get that kind of effort every single night from Milwaukee, obviously. But again, it, it sends a message. It, it's going to be a lasting impression, I, I think, you know, for, for when the next time these two teams see each other. I got this stat from producer Amit. Jason Tatum has averaged 35.7 points, 8.2 rebounds, and 4.5 assists Crazy. in six games. In his last six games against the Bucks, so he's not scared of playing the Bucks in the playoffs. If everyone not, not that I, I, I wouldn't say that anyone thought that he was. I mean, this, this Celtics team um, has proven that they can beat the best teams in the NBA. It's just they just need to show up. When it comes to just talent, they can be more talented than anybody in the league. It's just putting it all together at the same time. So um, I, I, a few people in the comments are correcting me about Tatum in the playoffs. I think what I was talking about more so was like some in some bigger situations, more so like the finals when it comes to Tatum in the playoffs. But um, I still think that he has room to improve in, in those areas for sure. So again, a night like tonight proves why he was in the MVP conversation for much of this year, 
proves why he's, you know, all NBA and, and why, um, you know, any team would consider him to be the cornerstone of a franchise. Now, we can't talk about Tatum without talking about Brown. We don't want to hurt any feelings here. So uh, Brown, again, and this is a, a classic Brown game. Came out hot, paced the team, gave them everything they needed to contend with the Bucks early on. And when the rest of the team kind of snapped out of it, he was able to sort of, you know, fall back a little bit as he's, you know, not in a bad way, but just, you know, allow some of the other guys to sort of be aggressive in the way he was 30 points tonight. Again, another efficient game, 13 and 20 from the field. I think everyone who's watched the Celtics over the last couple months would agree that he's easily been uh, their best player, most consistent player night in, night out, even with, uh, even with anything else going on. um, The one thing that you have to say about Brown is that he brings it. He's bringing it every single night right now. Um, He's, he is a locked in, whether it's because he's dead set on being thir- 13 all NBA or because he was dead set on carrying this team to the playoffs or a championship, whatever the reason is. It's both, Jimmy. Yeah, it all probably right, is both. both. That's fine. But whatever it is, everyone's benefiting from it if that's the case. So um, I think, again, you know, they were going, Tatum and Brown combined were going neck and neck scoring wise with the entire Bucks team through about three quarters of this game. Um, it's just, you know, an- another great performance from, from Brown. Sherrod. Yeah, I mean, this is what Jalen does. I mean, and and it's to the point where uh, the idea that he can go off for 30 points is just like, yeah, we know, been there, done that. Uh, It's no shocker, it's no surprise. And and, and he's making what normally would be a really, really good game for most players pretty average for him because he's so consistent with it that that's a testament to his ability to just bring it every night regardless of what's going on outside Mm -hmm. of noise and all that stuff Uh, Jalen has been able to just focus on being a great player uh, and helping this team win and then again here's the thing that's uh, I I that stands out to me about Jalen of late is him understanding what the game needs when it needs it. Like, there were moments in this game where I thought that they really needed someone to score, and he stepped up. Other games where they needed to really be solid defensively, and I'm looking at the the different movements and motions by the players, and Jalen made sure he was where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Uh, Little things like that are the things that make you understand why the Celtics covet him so much, Uh, why the Celtics understand that having him in Tatum as your lead players, as your top, your, your one-two punch, that's your best pathway right now to winning a championship. Right. Facts, my dog, as our friend Rob Williams would say. Josue, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, just the look on Giannis's face, I mean, obviously this isn't, it can't be, you know, easy to go through that. Losing, seeing your team, everything unfold the way it mm-hmm. did, and you knew, you know, you checked out at that point. But, I mean, you can't help but wonder, like, it's kind of what Sherrod brought up about Drew Holiday, what he did last night compared to what he did now. And you can't, I mean, if you're Giannis and you're watching Jalen and, and, and Tatum go out and do this, you're, you can't help but wonder, like, man, if they find this sort of momentum throughout a series against these guys, like, I got to find a way to get more out of my teammates, you know? I, I don't know if I can get a, a type of uh, a production that, that Tatum gets out of Jalen. Now, again, obviously, Drew Holiday can do that. He's about that life from time mm-hmm. to time, you know. But is it 
the same, you know what I mean? That same level when, 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 when these guys are on, because obviously it's not just Tatum and Brown when they're both clicking. It's Brogdon at the same time. It's, you know, Al Horford knocking down three-pointers because he's getting all these open looks that Tatum and Brown uh, allow because of the, what they're doing. So I just think when the Celtics put everything together the way they did tonight, it, it was a it was a tough realization maybe for Giannis to, to, to take it all in and say, man, like, we have to really make sure we're, we're you know, on our game when we when we see this team in the, in the best of seven series because they're tough. They're, they're really tough. And regardless of what happens at the end of the regular season, I mean, that message was sent, I think, tonight for sure. Well, you know what? You know what though, this this game, uh, I, I think one of the things that, that came about tonight that's not – that people are just going to kind of gloss over is the fact that Brooke Lopez was a non-factor. Mm, um, because, yes, because a lot, yes. a lot of the, the, a lot of the easy layups and finishes at the rim, and, and guys getting hurt because they're getting beat off the dribble. Brooke has done a tremendous job all season of keeping that at a minimum. He cleans up a lot of mess. He he's he does a lot of what Rob Williams did last year, uh, cleaning up mistakes that the that the uh, that the defense makes, and that just didn't happen in this game. And so, it to me it, it reinforces the idea that as talented as the Bucks may be with Giannis and with Chris Middleton and with Drew Holiday as scores. It is their defense that sets them apart, that has allowed them to just catapult to the top of the NBA standings. And that defense was nowhere to be found. Uh, more guys than usual were getting beat off the dribble and more guys than usual were finishing at the rim, whether Brooke was in the game or not. And again, Milwaukee, they're absolutely going to go through this game with a fine tooth comb and, and mm-hmm. they're fine find all the little things that they could have done better. But certainly the use of Jay Crowder is probably not going to happen when they meet again. And they've got to figure out why was Brooks such a non-factor? What were the Celtics doing scheme-wise that made him such a non-difference maker? Because this, again, I've seen the Bucks play at least eight, nine, ten times this year. And by far, this was the least impactful game I've seen Brooke play. Uh, oh, not even not even close because uh, he's been really good. I mean, he to me, I, I think at this point it would be it would be a crime if he's not the defensive player of the year. Uh, I think he's he's been that good. And he but obviously tonight that was not the that's, case. That's a big that's a big award. But to your uh, to your credit <clears throat> over Jackson. What's that? I guess so. Over Jackson, I guess so. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He he has been really damn good this year. I know Bobby's Bobby's tooted his horn a pretty much up to those times. Two. I mean, down to those two, I guess. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the fact you're right, you're right, Chad. I mean, the fact that they were kind of made, he he was an afterthought out there tonight. Really, um, they're they're not concerned about Brook Lopez, which is different from past games that we've actually seen Brook uh, have seen Lopez have a pretty big effect. So, um, I want to put this comment up and I want to read this quote from Joe Missoula. I'm not, I'm not co-signing this comment, but it kind of goes hand in hand with something Missoula said. And this is, um, from Jared Weiss on Twitter. Joe Missoula essentially said he wants his team to enjoy the win and understand why they won. Then recognize tomorrow's game is worth the same in the standings and they have to show up again with full force and focus noted that he trusts his team to do that. So, um, you know what that is, Jimmy, right? What's that? Don't let Washington. Don't let. Don't there better well, be a sequel to the Washington. Game. Exactly. Well, that's what it is. He's he's reminding yeah. his guys that they can't just show up for the big games and take their foot off the gas or or take other teams lightly and the ones that maybe people aren't gonna be as fired up to play for. And we've all probably. It's not yeah. just Celtics problem. Let's be honest. It it happens in in all sports, right? I mean, even regular yeah. season. You know, against a team that you not you know you're not gonna see later on. <clears throat> you know, it's it's a grind out there, and you just. You just sometimes you just don't bring it the way you need to. But 
as we still got to still got to build that sandcastle. Yeah, right? absolutely. As we <laughs> as we saw on Tuesday, you're, you'll get embarrassed if you play that way. So, uh, just another note. Um, this is another tweet from Jared. Missoula says he's going to talk to Rob and Al on the plane to see how they are feeling, but it sounds like it's possible they will play on a back to back, which I believe would be the first time that those guys would play um, on a back to back. So, um, we'll see. Um, whether that, or not was, they, that was part of my thinking why when they were up by 41 points, get Rob's ass out. Right. So they get him out of the game. Yeah. But, you um, know. but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think the fact that they're that they're starting to consider it, you know, they're getting closer to being able to to get, put a little bit more, um, you know, maybe wear and tear. Not that we want them to. And I certainly don't want them to, to do anything that um, is going to jeopardize them you know, being able to play more in the playoffs. But again, and again, you won't need back-to-backs in the playoffs. But I think it's just wanting to build off of good performance, good rhythm together, getting some sort of, um, I guess, rhythm is the word I wanted to use, so I'll use it again, going into the playoffs. You know, it's been it's been better. It's been a lot better over the last, what, maybe 10 days than it, than it was prior to that. I mean, they, they've had ripped off. Um, a handful of pretty big wins, including this one. Um, but, you know, when you mix in a stinker or two, it just kind of puts your antennas up a little bit. So I think they probably want to just get a little bit more time together, especially if you've, if you've got Rob playing a little bit more looking like himself. Um, it's the perfect time um, to sort of try to incorporate that a little bit more. Um, what else stood out to you? Anything else? What am I missing tonight that stood out to you guys? I mean, we talked about, obviously, Tatum and Brown. How about Horford's 30-foot uh, three-pointer? It had to be the deepest three um, of his NBA career. And he actually was just on um, a podcast, uh, the J.J. Redick podcast. I forget the name of it, but um, Redick's a pretty good host. And, and it's rare to get, I think, Horford um, publicly, really, anywhere. He's a man of few words. So they sat down. And, yeah, Old Man in the Three, that's the name of J.J. Redick's podcast, really good NBA podcast. And this, pod, this episode just came out. I think it came out today. Um, so if you guys are interested um, in checking that out, please do. But he actually talked about how he has – evolved his game he's had to evolve his game and he remembers this is from the podcast he remembers you know being on the hawks and watching joe johnson just launch three-pointer after three-pointer and being like wow like i can't believe how far away he's taking these shots like he didn't think he'd ever be a player that would be taking three-pointers and now he's shooting in a clip that's you know one of the best in the nba and he took his own 30-foot three-pointer tonight which i thought was pretty funny yeah, the thing the thing that Al is doing, and you know, we've had conversations about that. It's, I mean, it goes back to when he was in Atlanta. Uh, Kenny Atkins, who uh, coached uh, the Brooklyn Nets for a little bit, was was assistant there, and they spent a ton of time developing his ability to expand his game and become a deep shooting threat. Thirty is a bit deep, even for Al. Uh, I don't think we will see yeah. him take another thirty footer <laughs> no. again this year. But the, the the thing about Al that I I, I think he it's. It's one of the things that endears him to his teammates is that he's a worker. Uh, he's just going to work to get better. Uh, and he doesn't, he's not, it, it, the funny part to me is he's one of the best percentage-wise three-point shooters in the NBA. And I don't know if they've called a single play for him to take a three. Uh, it's just, he's just one of the options when they run sets. You know, Tatum will look to drive and either finish at the rim or kick it to someone who's open. And often Al is that guy. 
was open. And Al has made teams pay repeatedly like that. Uh, and I would I'd even go a step further and say that Al has probably extended his career a year or two. Uh, because well, of, of the, because of his ability, the, the lack of wear and tear that he's had to go through physically, uh, not only playing away from the basket, but also playing fewer games because of load management. So um, Al's in a great spot, and, and this was a game that I thought Al low key had a really good impact. I think he was one of the factors that kept Lopez from being more impactful when it came to uh, you know rim protection uh and, and another guy who i thought had a good game uh for the most part I, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well i thought he took a took a couple of bad shots but marcus smart uh because if you look at the start of the game they had Giannis guarding marcus uh and mm-hmm. marcus i think he hit like one three early on and made another basket and then that forced him to kind of do things a little bit differently and, and he has to walk that fine line between recognizing when a team is disrespecting your offensive game mm-hmm. and all you gotta do is make one shot and get their attention don't you know for, don't forget who you are you're Marcus Smart you're not Ray Allen you're not uh, you know these guys who can just <laughs> you know can knock down five threes just straight out of bed uh, that's not who you are. Uh, so I thought he did a good job of, of just forcing him to respect his offensive game a little bit more, still getting other guys involved. And, uh, again, I, I look back at, you know, Drew Holiday. And it was a team effort, but Marcus is one of the guys that, you know, helped minimize Drew's impact. It went from 51 last night to six tonight. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Smart much. I mean, you think that he's one of the unheralded uh, players tonight's game just for the way he played on defensive end. Because, obviously, offensively, you know, nothing really sticks out to you there. But um, certainly – you know, the defensive part of his game is, you know, we, we know, you know, he's all defensive player. We, we, yeah, we know I was about to say, he was, that, that market showed up tonight right. for sure. The defensive player of the year showed up. And, then, you know, people can say that that hasn't been the case all year long. And sure, I mean, battling injuries. They're right. It's been, it hasn't been the case sure. all year. They're yeah. absolutely right. He said the same thing. Especially after the All-Star break. I mean, he's, he's trying to get back there. And I think this is a great step in the, in the right direction. But um, just to go back about Al real quick, um, he's just so good without the ball in his hands, right? Whether it's setting screens, yeah. you know, getting open. Uh, I mean, I, I think – that is a big part of his game as well. And then also just making those extra passes. I mean, he's such a good passer as well. But, yeah, no question this has extended his career. This three-point touch that he's had has been so consistent with it. His best, uh, the, the, he hasn't shot this well ever. You know, it's nearly 50%, one of the best, uh, in terms of percentage-wise, the best shooters in the NBA. And, and it's, it's really helped the Celtics on, on offense, especially in games like this where he's going to have those open looks. I mean, guys like Brooke Lopez, they don't want him to keep roaming around the perimeter all, all game long. You know, as the night goes on he, he can if he gets hot like he did tonight he's gonna make you pay and that's exactly what he did and, and along with guys like Tatum and Brown going off the way they did I mean it was just way too much offensive firepower for the Milwaukee Bucks to, to, to extinguish essentially yeah and I know we, we may have jumped a gun to Marcus but I'll just co-sign on everything you guys said about Al I mean to go for, I mean he he wouldn't even his his worth Never mind the the couple of years that he's added on physically, Sherrod, but just his worth to teams. I mean, I don't even know if if he would be playing if he didn't have an outside shot right now. He's not a guy that's you know going to tower over um, you know other bigs in the league. And if he doesn't develop a, a more of an outside shot, that's where the league is obviously trended. Then I, yeah, I, I, I question <clears throat> what role he would even have on a lot of these teams. He's as guys get older, they, they don't want to bang down low anyway. So that was just a smart move yeah. in every sense of the word for him to do that. And obviously the Celtics um, were smart and Brad Stevens was smart to recognize that, um, you know, by by adding that to his game, um, 
they can they can extend him and you know he can extend his career and then they can benefit from that so yeah well that that was a big part of, of kenny atkins uh, and I, I mentioned kenny again because kenny was really instrumental in getting out to embrace becoming a stretch big uh that was pretty much the the selling point for al was that kenny pointed out how this is going to allow you to stay in the league much longer than you normally would because when he started becoming more of an outside threat and looking at those shots it was at that point where the league was starting to become more of a stretch big league that's how you know for example you, you go back to uh, Kelly Olenek uh, that's one of the big reasons why they drafted Kelly Olenek over this Giannis Antetokounmpo guy uh, coming into the league because Kelly was a we seven footer we don't talk about that we don't talk about that Kelly was a seven footer who could stretch the swing and a miss Danny yeah. swing and a miss but but, but but the thing is, the way the league was moving at that time, it made sense in that moment to go get a seven-footer who's a little bit older, which means that they're a little bit more polished, uh, who you know what you're getting, and as the development isn't going to take as long. Uh, but, you know, again, Al was able to embrace the idea that he had to become more of a, a perimeter threat. And the Celtics, I think, have just kind of basically taken that concept and put it on steroids with what they're doing now. Because Al isn't just like a, a stretch big. That's pretty much he's a catch and shoot guy. Uh, that, that is pretty much yeah. what they're looking for him to do, which is a radical change from a guy who spent the early years of his career, you know, banging with, the, you know, with the with the Kevin Garnett's, Garnett, and, and, yeah, well, say. you know, and uh, I'm always thought right, of mine. Right. to say, yeah. Al is cool with this transition period he's in now. He, he's he, he has no issues, you know, being a catch and shoot guy. No, absolutely not. And uh, and again, that's and, and it's not it's not just being a, a a deep threat, right? It's you have to be efficient, right? I mean, that's how you you stay around this league, and he's done that obviously this season in a big way, and he's been doing it since last year, and. You know that half season off in OKC, it was like rejuvenated him to, to to come into Boston and and become the guy he is now. This this role that he's taken on and it's it's huge. You know it's 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 crucial for sure. Yeah, speaking of Al, he he spoke tonight. He had a couple of things. I don't have the full quote in front of me, but um, basically said that he saw a different look in uh, Tatum and Brown's eyes tonight, which probably would explain their their combined seventy points. And he was also asked about if tonight was sending a message. And he said, it's not about sending a message. It's just for us to handle our business. So um, another good good thing about having a guy like Al Horford on the team is that he's just, he leads by example, obviously more than, than by voice, but he's the type of guy that knows what to say, when to say it. Um, and he's somebody that you're, you can rely on him. I think you can depend on him. He's not going to, like you said earlier, Sherrod, he's not going to, try to do too much out there he knows what his role is and how he can help the team and he goes out there and he does it and I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations over the last two seasons certainly myself I'm not going to speak for you guys but um, I knew the type of player Al Horford was I just didn't know how much of it he had left but he's got pretty much all of it left I mean he's he, to the what he does he does really well and that's really all, all you can ask for a guy. Um, and so he's going to be huge for them um, in the playoffs. And, and he's a guy, again, that he's like old reliable, right? Just trusty. And um, and I, I just think that he, it's paying it's paying dividends for them right now. So um, that was something from our guy, Al. Um, we did mention Marcus briefly. I don't know if you guys had anything more, more to add, Josue. I don't know if you really got a chance to um, say what you wanted to say because you, you went back to Al on that. But um, 
Marcus uh, had himself a, a great night defensively, and we haven't talked. Yeah, more of it. I mean, really, like like I was saying earlier, just about him getting back to that guy he was last year, mm-hmm. the defensive player of the year. This was one of those defensive player of the year nights, and we haven't seen a lot of those lately. So right. um, it's good. It's good. I mean, we want to see how that body responds on the second night of a back-to-back for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I just think Marcus, uh, when he's playing that type of elite defense, man, you see the effects. I mean, look at Drew Holiday's uh, stat line, right? Absolutely. And he said tonight, you know, this was a redemption game. Marcus Smart said they wanted to redeem themselves. So clearly. No, Judah. I'm not going to stop shaving my mustache. All right. <laughs> clearly, uh, you know, tonight was, was a game that they wanted to prove. I think prove to themselves. I hope that they're not still trying to prove to other people things because that's really not what a, a championship caliber team should be doing. You're supposed to block out that noise and really just keep it. Keep it amongst yourselves. But if you, you guys prove to yourselves if you want, but um, I don't. I don't think they really need to prove to anybody, whether it's media, whether it's opposing players, teams, coaches, whatever, anything. You know, they should know who they are at this point in in the in their careers, but their season. And if they come out like they did Tuesday or pick another game, they should feel bad about that, and they should want to prove it to themselves that that was a one off. That was a game that's not who they are and come out the way they did tonight. So I think everyone has to be pretty um, happy with um, the response tonight. Now, if they go and lay an egg tomorrow uh, against Indy, then, you know, we're going to come on the show and and have the same complaints, I guess. So it's going to kind of feel like Groundhog Day. But I'm I'm hanging on this idea that I don't necessarily think there's a switch that would be flipped because I don't really think they need to flip it because – We've seen it enough where we know what these guys are capable of. I just think the intensity is going to ratchet up as soon as, you know, game one of the playoffs starts. And that should be the level of of play that we see. I'm not saying they're going to drop 140 every night, but the effort and the intensity, the showing up, uh, you know, to start the game, um, that should not be up for question. You should not be questioning any playoff team's intensity or attitude or you know wanting it enough i think that's at this point something we can all agree on well well the, the thing jimmy that that we, we have to just constantly remind ourselves of and they have to constantly remind themselves of is no one is surprised when they go out and play the way they did now we, we've seen that enough this season to know that they have the potential to dominate anyone and everyone it's not about ability and all about consistency that is that is what has been the issue with them to your point if they go out and lose to Utah tomorrow, which is very possible, no one will be surprised about that because that reminds us how consistently inconsistent they have been most of the season. For them, they need to break that cycle. They need to find that 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 point, that mile marker in their team where you don't have to necessarily be great every night, but if there's a team that's playing for very, very little and you're playing for potentially competing for the number one spot, mm-hmm. you need to play with the desire and energy and, and just that that effort, that edge in those games. And that is the disappointing disappointment when you lose to teams like Orlando, you lose to teams like Washington, you lose to teams like Utah that you had pretty much beat for three plus quarters in their building. And then you just basically, you crapped away the game at the very end. Right. Those losses 
individually don't mean much. But then you start looking at your tally at the end of the year and realize you may wind up not getting the number one seed by one or two games. Right. And you realize you basically crapped away six, seven, eight games uh, simply because you didn't play didn't bring it. with level of consistent effort. That is maddening. Uh, but then you but again, you accept that reality and you go into the playoffs hoping that things will be different, hoping that you will play with greater consistency. Um, I'm not convinced that they're going to do that simply because I'm looking at the I'm looking at their season. Right. Uh, and that that's just I think know, that's fair. I think that's fair. Because yeah, that's fair. It's frustrating. You just hope that team does, that team doesn't show up at any point during the playoffs. Well, I mean, right. I'm not saying that. That, cost, that cost these guys a, a game or two. I mean, that could be. That could be something that that, that that could be forcing, you know, a game seven against a team that you shouldn't be playing game seven against, whether it's a first round matchup or, you know, someone that's um, that you have to go into a game seven in order to get to the Easter Conference final. I mean, like that, that's the kind of, uh, you know, that's the difference between these Celtics teams when they're when they're playing that way, the way we saw Washington and, and, and what we saw tonight. I mean. It, costing you a playoff games is going to be a whole that's a whole nother, that's a different conversation and that's just you hope that doesn't happen you know yeah and, and yeah i mean that that's unacceptable i think if that were to be the case there would be a lot of a lot of i mean a lot of criticism um let, let's say i don't even want to get into it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go down that 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 path right now we'll, we'll cross do it, that don't do it. we'll cross don't do that bridge it. don't let me st- well, exactly don't let, find me start talking about don't let me start talking about hypotheticals yeah i mean once we once we know who they're playing in that first round we'll 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 do all the hypotheticals we'll we'll, yeah. we'll play that game that give me love yeah, yeah. that is our athletic greens plug guys um Sure. A couple other things that happened tonight. Middleton got knocked out of this one. He took an elbow to the to the face by Jalen. Jalen Drive, right? Decent amount of blood there. I don't know if that's. I doubt that's anything long term to be concerned about. Maybe he's maybe he's wearing the Jalen Brown mask next game. But um, he was fairly ineffective leading up to that. Anyways, it, mm-hmm. we know how good the Bucks have been since since he's returned. Is that a direct correlation, or is that more just the, the team sort of getting things going? I mean, we we also know Middleton's killed the Celtics um, mm-hmm. throughout his career, so I mean, he's a guy that everyone's, um, I would say, concerned to a certain point about. But mm-hmm. um, it felt like they were able, I guess, like everybody tonight, they were able to sort of be to limit his effectiveness. Well, you know what? There's the, the, the weird thing about Chris Middleton. First of all, he's still a very good player. I mean, let, let, let's not pretend as if all of a sudden, you know, what happened tonight is a reflection of who he is as a player. Now, that's not true. He's still a very good player. That being said, the injuries that he has had in, in the last couple of years that have kept him on a, on a bench for, for long stretches of the season, uh, he looks in many respects like a guy who's lost a step or two. And Chris was never the most athletic guy on the floor to begin with. Uh, and I, and I, again, I, I think that's part of why uh, Milwaukee, they've, they've, they've almost reconfigured their big three on the fly where it was Giannis, Chris, and Drew. And now it's really Giannis, Drew, and Chris. They flip-flop. Uh, and I think it, it's, it, and the flip-flop has been for two reasons. One, because Drew Holiday is playing so much better than most of the players in the league at his position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, Middleton, I think, has taken a slight step back uh, due to the injuries and, and, and his availability has not been what it has been previously. So uh, I think the Celtics in this particular game, I, I think it was a combination. I think they did a good job of just not allowing him to get into any kind of flow or rhythm. And part of that was because he physically, I just don't think, can dominate games the way we've seen him do in the past against the Celtics. Right. So it'll be interesting when it, you know if these two meet in the conference finals, which I do believe will happen. His role will be one of those wild card X factor type things, similar to Malcolm Brockman for Boston. 
Scott? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. You know, that's the one I had in mind when I was talking about, you know, earlier how Jan's looking at what Tatum has in Jalen and thinking like, man, like that's, that's, I, I get flashes of that, but in the best of seven series, I mean, Middleton, people said what they did last year, but all oh, they had him in that series, not quite the same player he was, but like you said perfectly, I mean, he's that third guy now where he was, used to be the second guy, used to always cause fits for the Celtics, shooting over pretty much like, what, 60% from the floor, 50% from behind the arc, straight killer. I mean, that's not to say that he's not going to have a game like that in the best of seven series. However, the Celtics can survive that. They have the, the depth to survive it. They have, you know, when they're playing defense at a, at a particular level, they have bodies that can prevent him from, from going off. So, you know, I, I think the, the, the Bucks are going to have to really lean on, on other guys as well, like the depth overall. And, and Brooke Lopez is, is, is a name that uh, popped that, that you think of as well, you know, next to those three guys. But, yeah, I mean, look, the, the three-point shot, I think, is big for this team. When they get when they get shots falling, you know, they can be really hard to beat. Um, but that, that wasn't the case. And the Celtics, you know, did, did everything that they could on defense to, to not even give them a chance to find some sort of offensive rhythm. Let me ask you guys this. On the spot, which team is deeper, Celtics or Bucks? Depth-wise here. Celtics. Celtics. Okay. They are. Oh, yeah, they're, 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 here's why. Interesting. Uh, we, well, here's why. Here's why. Because you start looking at the at Milwaukee's bench, and then you see guys like Joe Ingles, who I think is a good player, but clearly his best days are behind Ooh. him. You look at Jay Crowder. Tatum again, may have ended his career tonight. Again. Yeah, right. Uh, but Jay Crowder, another guy, best years are behind him. Bobby Portis can impact the game with his form, but Bobby also yeah, picks up a lot of fouls. Mm-hmm. Uh, then flip side, you look over the Boston. You've what got about Carter? Brock. Carter's solid. Uh, he's a solid player. Um, solid. Okay. He's solid. And and it and you know, Sherrod said he's he's paying Pritchard. Yo, he's up, a man. well. He's a, he's. I think he's better than Pritchard. I mean, to be honest yeah. with you, I think Pritchard's a better shooter, but I think Carter's a better playmaker. Uh, so you, you're supposed to be better than Pritchard, man. That's like one of their you see, the, the Bucks, guys. man. You're right, Sherrod. The Bucks, they they've got a, they've got some names on their team, but these guys are. These guys are getting up there. Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews. That was the other one I was going to Like, Yeah, I mean, they've had these guys, not Dragic, but they've had guys for years, man, this this second unit. I mean, if this this were like like an NBA live game from like six, seven years ago, (laughs) that team is lit. Right. Right. You can tell some of these these guys are trying to win a ring, right? And they're trying to win a team that's a legitimate title contender. So I don't fault them for that. But you're right. When it comes to being able to sort of depend on these guys, it's – Definitely. If I mean, if, if everyone is healthy, yeah. you've got Robert Williams coming off your bench. You got Malcolm Brogdon coming off your bench, uh, and you're it, you know Grant Williams, you know a guy that for a good chunk Uh-oh. of the season was shooting around forty percent from three point range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who actually defensively plays some of his best basketball against the Milwaukee Bucks? So um, and you, you shorten those rotations anyway, so the, right. I mean, the, the Bucks can have. 12 names but they're not going to be playing 12 guys a game or is typically no, wouldn't be they'll, no they'll, they'll play like seven or eight just like boston will mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. I, I, again i i think if you're looking from top to bottom you know we're not even talking about guys like sam hauser uh, who can come in and knock down threes uh you know bobby's boy luke cornett who i'm not yeah. going to talk about because i just it. not going to talk talking about luke. That, that was, was it talking luke. that was it but you've got yeah i mean you've got basically a an eight-man rotation you're starting five plus malcolm grant and robert williams coming off the bench mm-hmm. uh which is pretty damn good one guy i'm not sure if you remembered just talking about the bucks death is um this guy the Nasus. 
I got, I just can't. Oh man, what, what's up Mr. with this guy, man? Mister Mister Headbutt himself. This guy is a nut. Is it? You know what he does? You know what he gives me? He gives me professional wrestling vibes. Totally. Like, like he's right going, now. He, if I were, he goes into a game like it's a match, right? Like he's ready to, he's ready to fight. He's ready for whatever. The NBA character out there, man. And I had a brother like that. Guess what? He's gonna be on my team. <laughs> I guess because, so. because that's the only reason he's on a team. I don't yeah. think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's a guy that if you talk about if you look at the other twenty nine teams in the league. He might be on the roster, maybe four or five. No way, dude! I, yeah. I, 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 am, I am fairly certain he is not in the NBA. I mean, he's like no, not even close. Yeah, I, I think I think there might be four, five other teams that would you know be looking for him. And then those teams just he's so happen like to be taking Rocket. But you're right, but he's Jimmy, just like Jimmy, their attack dog. Jimmy, let me finish. But those four or five teams would be having significant salary cap space in the very near future, uh, which you know might be looking to fill that slot with a certain superstar. Who okay. might be familiar with him? So you see what I'm saying? I, I see what you. Okay, so there's there's a he's like there's a, an ulterior he's, motive. He's like here. a goon yes. in development stage, yes. like stuck at the development stage. He's trying to be this NBA goon, but he's I not. Like him, you know, man. he's not quite there. Dude, I like him. He's like I, their I like attack him. dog. Like they're just like, all okay right, then I'll just get in there and you know cause what, some trouble. I am absolutely 100 okay with that because when you're talking about being an elite he's team, having fun. you gotta have some. First of all, he enjoying the hell out of, of just life in general. But second, oh, man. You need the happiest guy in the NBA. Are you kidding me? Well, no he, one's happier than that dude. Well, he's, he's like the bullpen he, pitcher. He plays with an edge. He plays with a nasty, <laughs> gnarly <laughs> edge. And I think you need to have guys on your bench like that. At least one or two. I wish the Celtics had like a pit bull on the bench. Someone that was just an absolute ass when they get in the game and just trying to, you know, trying to debo you, trying to be very physical. I wish they had yeah. one guy like that. Just one. Scout team QB. Thanks, Ahmed. Yeah. Jalen Brown uh, on giving Blake Griffin his mask. I thought he could use some protection out there. I don't know if you saw that, Shira, but uh, I missed it. Yeah, I was, they, I was they, back they, with you guys. They they they, they fitted uh, Blake Griffin with Jalen Brown's mask after he was headbutted by uh, the Nazis. So kind of a kind of a funny little moment there. But I mean, that's that's not the first time they've had a little run in with him. I don't remember earlier uh-huh. in the year Marcus Smart did. So yeah. you know, something to look look at. You know, again, it's a it's a side note, obviously, a little sidebar from this game, but. You know, just another example of just the intensity ratcheting up a little bit when the playoffs come around. Um, right, right, right. You know, that's that's always going to be a part of it. So um, I, I, I think that was probably um, just a little minor, little minor thing from this one. Nothing to really get. See, but that's about. another part of it, though, too. Like, you know, I just can't get that image of that last the, the image of Giannis on the bench is looking down, looking up. Like and he looks up and sees his brother, like, head buddy. <laughs> Not Ooh. again. Right, like he's probably man, like, better him than me. Yeah, we're supposed to be so much better than this. Like, man, I understand that they used to the returning Eastern Conference chance, but we're supposed to have their number right now. Like, they're not playing great since the All Star break. We're still dominant. We're still the best team in the NBA. Like, what has happened? Like, my team is in shambles right now. Like, he just like, gave me those vibes. Like, he really did. I don't. Man. I don't think that they're gonna get to. You know, the Bucks are. Uh, we, you know, we were just talking about how much, how many vet- veterans. Yeah, I mean, they got short term memory, but yeah. I mean, just in this this moment for just for now, you know, like I just it felt like that's what Giannis was. Yeah, going I mean, through. I think they would have obviously liked to have compete competed a little bit more than they did tonight. But I mean, this is a Bucks team that still many people, even after tonight, are gonna are gonna consider the team to beat. Um, we talked about all the veterans they have on this team. They're not going to get shook from from one bad night. I'm sure they're actually chalking it up to, you know, a scheduled loss. To be completely honest, um, yeah. you know, and, and the Celtics have been on on the wrong end of a couple of those ones too, where they've 
they've met a team that's been more rested than they have been and, and whatnot. So again, not going to put a bunch of excuses out there, but if I'm the Bucks or if I'm a Bucks fan, that's probably how I'm getting through this one. Um, I'm not, you know, the sky isn't falling over, over one loss. And I do think that the Celtics and Bucks will meet again. Uh, obviously it would be in the Eastern conference finals and that would be a great game. Whether or not the Celtics are the one seed or the two seed, I don't know how much it matters. I mean, I think we've seen that both of these teams can win um, in each other's homes. Um, and just like that, home court flips, right? So um, I don't think the Celtics are, are going all out to get the one seed. But to your point earlier, Sherrod, if it was easily there for them, I'm sure they would take it. So you go back and you look at some of the losses from earlier in the year and you kind of kick yourself if you do end up a game or two short. But I don't think this is like a Boston Bruins situation where they're, they're going for – you know, like the Bruins tonight, for example, they ended up clinching the one seed, but that that was just because they were gangbusters all year. It wasn't for any other reason. Now the Bruins, yeah, they're on an unprecedented pace, so yeah. they're in a completely different stratosphere. Right. They're right actually now. now their decision now is to try to, to end up with the best NHL record or points of 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 all time. So they have a different sort of thing that they're wrestling with you know do they want to go for that or do they want to prepare for the playoffs so the Celtics are a little bit different I think though you know over this next couple of this next week or two however many regular season games are you're going to see the Celtics balance wanting to play well and win games but also Sherrod they're playing for something a little bit bigger they're going to have to consider trying to rest guys at certain points down the stretch here um, because once the playoffs start I mean they just they just keep coming I mean you're talking about if you're thinking about going that you're going deep in these playoffs. I mean, you've got a budget for another 15 plus games here, you know, minimum, you know, just, just to get to the NBA finals. And that's, that's on the low end because that means you, you steamrolled some teams. So um, it's a long season and there's plenty of basketball to go. And it, I wouldn't be surprised if you started to see, um, you know, schedule time off here. Well, I think it, a lot will just depend on whether they can gain any traction on the Bucks for that top seed. I mean, if, if they because right now they they the, the good thing about this but you can't is go it, all out for it, can you? Well, you, no, you should uh, because it, it doesn't matter what your seating is. If your team isn't healthy for playoff time, you're not right. going to win. Um, exactly. But I, I do think you need to go as far as you can until it's clear that this is probably not going to happen. And I think we'll see that within the next two or three games. Um, next couple games, frankly. I well, think. the next three games are, are big. You know, you've, well, yeah. you've got Jazz tomorrow. Did I say Indy earlier? I meant to say Utah, so I apologize. But then you've got the big one against against Philly. You know, do you want right. to be do you want to be full on for that? Do you want to, Is that sort of like a, well, a if, test it, test it out type of a game? If you, you know? if, listen, if you beat Utah tomorrow and then you're going into that Philly game and you're maybe like a game game and a half behind Milwaukee. Oh hell yeah, mm-hmm. you're trying to win that. You're trying to beat Philly one because it brings you that much closer to the top seed and two Philly is a team that for you to get where you want to be at the end of the day you're probably gonna have to go through them so to me it it, and that's a team that you've had their numbers in in previous years and And that's it yeah so so to me it it, it makes sense to again the next couple of games I think will, will dictate what they do for the final week of the season as far as wrestling guys Right and yeah, I think you 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 see that for sure, especially uh, against a top tier team like that. I, I mean, that's a, a final test. You know, when you think about the last time these two teams uh, met down in Philly, I mean, yeah, if you're the Celtics, I I think you you want to have your guys, and especially if you're in the mix for for first. I mean, that's that goes without question. I mean, that was their approach last season at least. I mean, I know uh, this is different with Joe Mazzulla leading leading things, but I'm sure he has that same mindset. He's been saying that for weeks now that his focus has been on how the team is as a whole compared to, you know, 
chasing number one. I mean, he didn't say that that's a priority, but obviously those two things kind of go hand in hand now when you think about where the Celtics are in the standings and where they want to be in this final stretch going into the postseason with, with some momentum that's nothing like what we saw in Washington. So I, I think that that changes that changed things in, in, a, in a way, but also – if you have a chance again to after being the Bucks and a chance to, to to play for number one for to, to grab the number one seed, I think you you take it for sure. Yeah, not only that, but you don't want you don't want to lose to the Sixers and then all of a sudden they backdoor you into the two seed in the last couple of games somehow. You know, you rest a couple. Of, you, you know what I mean? Like you want to make sure that you have enough of a, a distance between the Sixers to end up in that two seed so that you can at least have home court against them in a second round matchup you don't and then, and then you can actually rest a couple guys maybe the last game or two of the year you know you've got a couple against toronto um towards the end there so um again you know that's something that missoula is obviously going to have to figure out with his with his staff and with his guys um but we are coming down to it here guys um again um celtics with a big win tonight 41 point win uh, which is pretty unheard of um against i wonder if that's one of the biggest margins of victories um, between like the top two teams uh, in a in a in a conference, that'd be a good stat to look up someday. Um, but um, we're gonna probably wrap it up here in a few minutes, guys. Again, just want to remind everybody that uh, our show is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Um, you want to make sure you go to FanDuel.com/Boston to sign up. With just a ten dollar uh, deposit and a five dollar bet, you will get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Um, you can put that on any bet that your little heart um, can think of. The FanDuel has about a billion different options and props. Um, so, uh, again, that's FanDuel.com slash Boston. And then our good friends at Athletic Greens. Again, that's AthleticGreens.com slash Garden um, for a free one-year supply of vitamin D, which is very important. We don't even talk about vitamin D, guys, but vitamin D is is a huge defense um, vitamin for everybody. Um and a one-year supply of, uh, or sorry, and five free travel packs. So travel packs are huge too. You, you throw it in the gym bag, you go away for a couple of days, you don't want to bring the big tub with you, toss the travel packs in there. So again, that's at littergreens.com slash garden. And a um, couple little stats here. Largest win against the Bucks in franchise history tonight for the Boston Celtics, which is um, a pretty storied franchise, I might add. And um, the Bucks had scored, how about this? The Bucks had scored 100-plus points in 33 straight games entering tonight and as we all know they ended up with 99 probably because they benched uh, all their good players uh, after three quarters but it goes to show um just how um far away they were in this one and um tatum has 233 threes this season only isaiah thomas has more in a single season um for the boston celtics and uh, i'm not sure how close he is to Isaiah Thomas off the top of my head, but he's got a handful of games left here, so maybe that's something that he does. Do you guys have any final thoughts um, from this one? Sure, I will start with you. Back to, back home, Utah, handle your business. It's that simple. No, There's no need to get all, all huffy-puffy. And, and if they could just beat Utah and keep it moving. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Let's see more of the same, especially on defense, man. Holding this team to 100 points. I mean, uh, I'm at – just uh, fed that stat. Did you just say that? I don't know if you just said that, Jimmy, or not, but um, the, the Bucks entered tonight's game scoring over 100 points. You just said that, right? Yeah, right. thanks for paying so, attention. You, got, you, can, you can say it again. Go ahead, repeat it. Yeah, you were listing off all those stats. I kind of just... <laughs> 
Damn, Joe Sway. Damn, man. Jimmy, Jimmy, that Jimmy was dropping some knowledge bombs for a change. I didn't, I didn't repeat it twice. I didn't repeat twice. You know, you know when Jimmy's about to sign off. So you know, your mind kind of wanders. Joe Sway, this anyway. is a great report, Joe Sway, by the way. <laughs> Celtics Jimmy mentioned that at the top. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Celtics won tonight, Josue. One forty to ninety nine. I don't know if you caught that either. Listen, they're not the Bucks, but you better treat them like it. I want the Celtics to treat every team like they're the Bucks from now until the postseason, and, like and that. that's just this is their identity, so to speak, right? Like this is the the turning point, if you will. Whatever the case may be, whatever it is to get these guys revved up to the way that they played against uh, the Bucks tonight, man, it's got to be the same. So I, I think that uh, I think it carries over. I do. I do. Even on a even on a second night of a back to back, heading back home to Boston, um, it won't be easy. I don't think it'll be a blowout win, but um, I, I think you see a little. I think you see more of the same. I wonder if we will see old friend Danny Ainge tomorrow in the TD Garden. Will you Will you boys be there, Sherrod? I know you're traveling. I don't know if you're gonna make. I should be there in time. I should be there in time for the game. Okay, Joe Sway. Yes. All yeah, right. I want to. I want. I want to. I'm back. I want to hear about a combo with Danny Ainge and, and pick his brain a little bit on what he's seeing. But um, my my fun, final man. thoughts. I mean, it's it's fun when you hit shots. Celtics fifty six from the field, fifty two from three percentage wise, and um, you know, you just again, it's it's a reminder of how good these guys really are when they when they come out the way they need to come out and just put the foot on team other teams' throats. Um, so. This was a fun one tonight. Um, tomorrow, like you said, Josue, hopefully it'll be another fun one. A little revenge game for the Celtics after a stinker, a real stinker in Utah a couple weeks ago. It's a Missoula revenge game, too. He got a lot of criticism after that one, so I'm sure he's uh, looking to make up for that tough L there. Uh, we will be back with everybody again tomorrow night, a little Friday night fun at the TD Garden. Let's do it. We'll uh, have complete coverage pregame, during the game, postgame. The boys are back in town. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight after a big Celtics win, 140-99. to And we will see you guys.